Hi, y'all. Hayden here. Before you tune into this episode, Cole and I wanted to mention a technical difficulty. Jimmy tripped over a cord and we lost about 50% of the content. Um, But you know what they say, you can't share all the secrets of a winning recipe. We had a lot of great conversation with our guest. Our guest is our good friend, Heath Hugerhide, who joins us from Grand Rapids, Michigan. He has a business called Hoog's Customs, H-O-O-G-S, and you can find him at hoogscustoms.com. And again, that is H-O-O-G-S-C-U-S-T-O-M-S.com or at hoogs underscore customs on Instagram. He does a great job detailing cars and much more. Uh, you can check out, again, his Instagram page at hoogs, H-O-O-G-S underscore customs to see all of his great work. You'll learn more about his story, so please enjoy the episode. And again, apologies for losing some of the content. Uh, enjoy. Thank you. Dumbass. He still had like one. Dude, he was an MVP candidate. Still. I would rather go out on top of the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Like He's I already mean, a goat. Well, yeah, but. He's the goat. Yeah, he is. He's the go. He went to Michigan. <laughs> go blue. <laughs> the only good thing to only good thing only good thing to come out of there. Yeah. All right. Are we doing this? Let's go. All righty. Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. I'm your host Hayden Huber. I'm your co-host Cole Hazenfield. You Dude, like I slid that down? I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling great tonight. How I you was saying? adding some emphasis. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm a little rowdy tonight. But I'm excited because we have an awesome guest on here. So I'm going to introduce who we brought on to kind of just discuss business, life, motivation. We might hit some fitness stuff. I don't know. We're going to get kind of wild. But Heath Hugerhide is with us today. Heath has had a tremendous journey for, and and he's you know he's a young guy, done a lot of cool things from being a two sport star athlete. I'd say he wouldn't say that. I'd say that to. You know, get into the corporate world and and then decided, hey, I'm going to go into business for myself. I think you've been in business f- running your own company for about four or five years now? Yeah, it'd be five years in July. Five years. As an official business. And he won't say he's killing it, but I'll say he's killing it. And he's just got an unbelievable story. So, Heath, what can you tell me? I'm going to be specific for you, so I'm going to okay, throw, you, throw you a softball. What can you tell me that's kind of unique about your story because i, I kind of threw some stuff out there but what would you say to somebody that goes well who who is heath hugerhide what defines him is there anything that comes to mind to that that well, i think the most unique aspect of how the business started was it was an accident okay like straight up um in college when playing two sports i didn't have time for a job right like i know a lot of people say that but like I was playing two sports and being a student. So I really did not have time for, right. you know, maybe I probably could have worked like eight hours a week. But, right, right. You know. um, so I, once I stopped playing both sports due to injuries, um, I transferred back to uh, closer to home, basically, okay. Davenport University, um, and started buying. Well, I bought one truck and saw. I did a bunch of stuff to it. Painted rims, did little stuff. Okay. And realized I could probably sell it for a profit. So I sold it and I kept doing that. I mean, I, at one point I think I had three trucks, um, still no job. 
So like okay. I have three trucks, but I have no job. Um, and all I did was buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, and realized all I'm doing is small cosmetic changes. Okay. Detailing them, um, you know, painting rims, painting, painting little stuff to make them more appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, when I realized that I just put an ad on marketplace back when you could do services on Facebook marketplace. Okay. Yep. Um, now you can't, which we won't get into, but it's kind of <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, just started from there and started getting business. And like you said, I, at that point, um, I had graduated, got a quote unquote good corporate position at Meyer, um, and just did it on the side nights, weekends, whenever I had time really. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, I hated my job. I, I'm just not a desk person. I have to be moving and mm-hmm. doing something. So, um, especially being a former athlete, right? <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. It was something about just sitting stationary and manually doing stuff on the computer. It just didn't fit with me. Um, and I, I mean, I started, you know, having work every single night as well. So I was getting up at shoot four o'clock working out, going in the garage, getting something done before I had to be to work at eight. Then I obviously come home around five, uh-huh. work in the garage till 10. And it was a repeat cycle for, I don't know, four or five months. Wow. And it was hell. Like it sucked. It was tough. And, well, and the worst part was like weekends were the time where I could do more for the side hustle than I could during the week, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. So even weekends, I'm just grinding. You're putting, stuff. You're yeah, getting yeah. cranking workout. Yeah. And, uh, I started to gain traction, um, had work, you know, I had something to do every single morning and night, whether it was going downstairs to back then, like sand rims and get them ready for paint the next, when I get home from work or something like that. Um, and I just simply put started making better money doing something half. I mean, I wouldn't even say part time. Right. I mean, two hours in the morning, let's say, and four hours at night, six hours a day. Um, then a, go- a quote unquote good job out of college. Yep. So yep. I just saw the potential and said, screw it. But you did uh, just just to jump on that. You you were hustling. I mean, you were hustling oh, hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. of course, of course. Um, I would say, yeah, it, it was a grind, like straight up. It was, it was tough. It was, but it was also something that I started to enjoy. Like I was never a car person growing up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh, dude, that's what so I was going to ask. So you didn't grow up? Like- never, 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 wow. never. Until I got, I always wanted a truck. Yeah. Like country boy. Always, <laughs> always wants a truck. Yeah. So I finally got a truck and just little things like I, I could tell you exactly what I did on my first truck. It was an old four Ram. Uh, I painted the rims, painted the grill, painted the bumpers. When you say you, you painted the rims, it. like you just grab a can of spray paint and you start. Yeah. Back away. then. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I drove that truck for a year, sold it for, I don't want to throw numbers out there, but we like numbers. Okay. No, so no, no. Don't make them do that. You, I, you, I, you flipped I, it. And I you flipped made... it for a really good profit there for having go. put miles right, on right, something. Right. And you made um, money. You made money off it. of it. Yes. And I think the next one was from 
Akron, Ohio, did the same thing. Drove, I actually drove down here for a different truck, and the guy did not portray it the way it was. Uh, that's the and worst. I was pissed because I was like, <laughs> I just drove down here, cash in hand, five hours. So I said, screw it. Mm-hmm. I have the money in my hand. Got on Marketplace, found a better deal, and that was my biggest profit. I sold that thing before I could even get it titled in my name. Really? Like, wow. Three days, gone. Yeah. Wow. And I did. I detailed it. You just and cleaned I, it up. Yeah, and I just bought a new center cap for one of the rims because it was missing. So for folks listening in that don't know much about cars or detailing, what would you describe or what's the definition of detailing Such a car? Such a broad term. Yeah. Such a broad term. Um, when I started, I mean, make it look better. Yeah. Clean it up. Clay bar it. Um, polish it. But now I've gotten to the point where after research, trial and error, so many things, um, experience that now it's like paint correction is, I mean, if you had the budget for me to spend 60, 70 hours on your car, uh-huh. I could make it perfect. Yeah. It's going to take all that time. Right. But like paint correction is broad too. Cause I mean, you could polish a car and it's going to look 10 times better just cause you're getting everything, every contaminant off the clear coat and you're making it shine. Whereas you could go in depth and say, I'm going to start with thousand grit sandpaper, mm-hmm. wet sand the whole thing. Uh-huh. Then I'm going to go to two, probably 2,000, 3,000, then 5,000, then buff three steps out of it. Right there, you're talking 30 hours. Easy. Wow. Yeah. So there's, it's that, yeah. So that's why I say it's a broad term because sure. it really depends on what you're doing. I mean, when I started, like I said, I would clean cars essentially. Yeah. But, so when you when you started, so I, I want to come back to that because we keep on yeah, you see, yeah. you keep saying when you started, and I, I'd like to you know for the listeners and for me to understand because I'm still like learning about your story, and yeah. you you say okay, I was working the corporate job, and I was doing this as a side hustle, right? And you're like, I was grinding, I was putting in the work, and at one point you were like, okay, I've got so much work backlogged. And when did you see that opportunity? Like, what what clicked with you? Was it was it? Did you see it and also know that it was a big risk? Was it? I mean, what what was that turning point when you decided, hey, I'm going to take this on full time? I th- think honestly, it was it wasn't even that I was like backlogged with side business. I just saw the profit margin standpoint of it, okay, and said, imagine if I did this like. 60 hours a week right instead of you know however many i was putting in um and realized if i did it 10 hours a week i'd probably still be making what i'm making at your job so you had to look at it in that perspective um and i had nothing to lose i mean what am i 27 now i was 22 years old right like when's the best time to do something risky right when When you're you're when you're when you don't have responsibilities yeah i mean now my wife was my girlfriend Mm mm-hmm we lived in an apartment, which was my first shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The apartment garage. Um, you told me some stories about uh, oh, dude, people I, would get pretty mad when you had a lot of cars parked out, didn't they? Oh, yeah. The neighbors. <laughs> yeah. We had Yeah, we had to be efficient. Um, <laughs> Taking up parking spots. I'm sure really that pissed was. off people. Yeah. yeah, I get it. <laughs> but it wasn't often. It was just like every once in a while, if you got three. So I moved to my parents' parents' garage. Yep. Um, private neighborhood and every weekend there's six trucks parked in the driveway that I had to figure out a way to get done. Um, and then 
I never, I didn't have my first shop until I actually moved into the first shop. I think it was like three or four days after my wedding. So, um, but back to your question, I don't think it was one thing that just clicked and I was like, okay, we're doing it. It was the accumulation of, okay, if I'm going to move up in Meyer and be a VP back then Mm -hmm. when I was looking at that and like, okay, yeah, I'll hustle. I'll get it done. You know, corporate life. None of the VPs at Meyer, zero of them worked their way up in Meyer. They were hired from outside. Yeah. They were hired from outside. So I'm like, okay, I could work my ass off every day. Show Uh up. I work 10 extra hours a week. It doesn't matter. Uh And in retail, I feel, and some other businesses, but I feel like it's taking my experience from here and going there to leverage it. Mm -hmm. Right? So you're trying to move X amount of places to increase your pay. Build your worth, basically. Yeah, really. Right. Um, And... I just, I was, didn't Didn't want to do that. Didn't, it didn't appeal to you. No, I didn't want to work hundred hour weeks. I mean, starting my business, it was when I got my first shop, there was days I'd get there at 4am and leave one night was like 3.30am just cause I had to, I was a one man show and I had to get work done. Right. And you had to pay the bill. It was what it was. You you just got married, right? You were like, so it's like, we were still in the apartment. We were still, my overhead was super low, but When you're, I mean, that's another thing with detailing is I'd never, to a certain extent, I never know how bad something is until I start on it. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's not like I can say like, we're still chasing the record of, um, seven paint corrections one day. That was when I was alone, but it was you know, a 4 a.m. You know what I mean? It wasn't 24 hours straight. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a, nine hour day, uh-huh. you know? So, um, and you really just don't, some are like, wow, this is going to turn out really nice. This person took care of the vehicle. And then there's some like, you're like, have you ever had rough. to turn down someone? Because one, you either had too much business or two, like the car was just so bad. You're like, I'm not going to spend my time. No. On this. Um, actually, I've done just about everything because of the fact that when I was, you know, just starting, got my first shop. Uh, the one thing that didn't click with that first shop was undercoatings and any type of paintwork because they were like, oh, we can smell it, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right, I'll move then. All right. Went to the second shop, um, which was a lot shadier and a worse, worse location <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it was, it was, you know, me and Cole were talking about it earlier to winter months and what, what you can do to combat them. When I was you know, year one or two, I didn't turn down anything. Yeah. Some guy comes to me and says, Hey, I got these, um, you know, leather replacement seats for my Wrangler. We install them. Yeah. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll just try, I'll charge right. you this per hour. I'll figure it out. I've, I'll be honest with you. I've never done it. I love but that I'm sure mindset. It, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure it can't be difficult if I just take your seats out, take them apart, take the cloth off and reclip leather on. Like it can't be rocket science. Right. But like, that's how it was. Yeah. Whenever somebody said, Hey, can you, do this. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Unless it was something like mechanical. Like I could kill this person if I don't <laughs> right. do it You're like, I'm not touching that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, no, I never turned down business. The only time, the only time I would is, 
if it was Cole. Well, nowadays, <laughs> if you... He doesn't even count me detail, okay? <laughs> That's a different story. Yeah. I don't. I still don't think I ever would, but if it's some type of service that the person, A, um, no matter what we do, and typically I can read people, no matter what we do, it's not going to be good enough. Uh-huh. Yep. When I've done vehicles that, I mean... There was a vehicle that we did last summer that was broken into f- like three or four times. I cut myself. I counted 16 times on glass because of the broken windows and stuff like that. I've ripped out all the seats. I power washed them and everything. Right. Jeez. And we did it for like three days, worked on this vehicle. And we, to be frank, probably lost money. Yeah. Because of how much time. How much time you put into it. it. Right. Yeah. So if it's something like that where it's just not going to be worthwhile from a business standpoint than I would, but I haven't had that happen in I don't know how long. Well, and you, so. you've got a very, um, just to that point, you've got, and I think we dive into this, but you've got a very niche, like what you focus on, right? I mean, you've got, you're very, you're not super all over the place. The way you like, I know you've built out your brand, um, you know, through from, through social media accounts and just through networking and, and grinding. But you've got a very niche and, like, specific offering to what you do. I know you do some several different things, but it's not like you're like, again, when you first started, you were, I'll do it. I want the business. I need to pay the yeah. bills. I've got a wife. Like, yeah. I'm building my business. And now you're at the point where, from what I understand, are you at the point now where you're kind of honing on what you're very good at and then you think more about, okay, if I want to add something, what goes into it? Yeah, just because I had to been year, probably two or three, realized we started doing lift kits. We started doing pretty much anything that I could get my hands on to make money yep. to, you know, increase revenue and survive. Um, I've built my network, I'd say, far enough to the point where I can call somebody, get a wholesale rate. And have them do it mm-hmm. and still profit a little bit because obviously I'm taking care of all the logistics and right, everything right. like that. Um, but still make it profitable without even touching the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're that's acting as like a middleman kind of, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and that's more so rims, lift kits, tires, tonneau covers. We'll install those because they're, they're pretty simplistic. But anything of that nature, exhaust, anything like that. We, I can, I can hook you up and get it done. Um, but it's still going to, I mean, they're still going to save money if they went to the direct place that I wholesale with, if sure. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but we're obviously making a little bit too, cause right. that's why you're in business. Well, right. You're not so, in business to lose money. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, occasionally we'll break even for close friends and family and stuff like that. But even then it's like, hey, you're doing it for somebody that, you know, so so you, you mentioned growing up, like you weren't like a big car fanatic or anything like no. that. And you discussed, like, I was willing to take on any type of business that I could get my hands on. Like, how did you start to learn how to fix some of these, you know, things or build some of these things? Like, was it YouTube or? Uh, t- before, actually, before I got on a buffer, which was scary to me because the premise of paint correction, if you don't know, is combining... There's so much that goes into it, but in simplistic terms, it's combining the speed mm-hmm. of the buffer, uh-huh. the pad, how coarse, how plush, how whatever, it, what, you're, what you're trying to do, plush would be polished, and then coarse would be cutting, yep. and then obviously the compound or the polish. Yep. So 
if you take, you know, a really coarse pad and really coarse polish and you're running it on high RPMs, you can go through clear coat. But the premise of paint correction is, it's like sanding wood is Uh how I usually explain it. It's like, you're not going to start at, you know, 450 grit. You're going to start at 80 grit and you're going to work your way way to that. So that's, that's the premise of it is coarse, coarse to medium, medium to polish, polish, and obviously working different speeds. Um, so I did a lot of research on, first of all, what buffer I was going to get, what polisher and how to correctly do it. So it was trial and error on my own vehicles or families, you know, my mom's dad's, whoever's vehicle I could get my hands on to figure it out. Um, and then from there, wet sanding, which is even more, but that's the most abrasive way you could attack something mm-hmm. was, you know, taking something that even if you ruined it, it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, and to this day, still, I've never went through clear coat, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> you so, should have said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an art. It's, it's doing enough to make the vehicle as perfect as possible. Mm-hmm but not taking away too much to the point of I can't even buff this next year. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's that happy medium. So this research that you mentioned, was it just YouTube. Google search? YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Right, just right. watching people do it. YouTube university. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a couple of people on YouTube that like ammo detailing, he's unreal and has product lines. He has all this stuff, but I mean, he'll take something out of a, barn that hasn't been touched in 50 years Mm -hmm. and make it look like it was on a showroom floor two days ago so just going through that process of okay i need to do this 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 to even get my buffer on it and not ruin it um was super helpful and i probably i mean i put a lot of hours into that and um a little bit of everything you try you you learn from youtube you talk you right talk to people yeah, yeah. and you, yeah and you said you trial and error you were trying stuff out that's life right trial by fire experience by- really i mean i have two um amazing employees and obviously uh jeremy is one of my employees he's been with me for two just over two years and then justin um over a year and i wouldn't be anywhere like we wouldn't have made the leaps and bounds that we've made without them. Mm-hmm. Like no, you know, no bullshit. They're lifesavers. Mm-hmm. Um, but even them, like we're going through the process of how are you going to get better? You know, I'm always going to be a step ahead of both of you because I've done it longer. Right. Right. I have more experience and that's really what it comes down to. Yep. But how are we going to make Jeremy, who's very proficient with pretty much everything we do better? Right. Because that's the end goal. That's good for him, and it's good for you. Yeah, it's good it's, for you. It's, it's good, good for, for everybody. Right, right. If it's you're more win-win. efficient, if you know how to do it better, um, and then Justin, the same thing. Work, 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 get you experience. During the winter months, is super nice for us on that aspect, too, because the first winter I had Jeremy, I mean, shoot, I had him bring up his own car in, which was a, I think it was a Grand Prix. It was an older car, and we just worked on it. Right. Straight up. Like, did three different methods. Basically practiced on it. Side. practiced on it. Yeah. So, um, and same with Justin this past winter. Well, it's still winter, but it's, it's, you know, it's a clear bra. So it's what that means. a clear sounds, bra is a film. Sounds like it's a clear wrap. That sounds it's a clear wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I got a clear bra, a is, clear bra on um, my Lamborghini. It's a clear, one one it's a clear wrap. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I started talking to him 
And he's like, so like, what do you like? What do you do? What do you you know? The go to, yeah. And I gave him a business card, and he legitimately said, "I already know you. I was about to call you." And I was like, "Damn, that's cool." That is so. Awesome. One of my other customers that has a Ferrari four eighty eight, a different Ferrari four eighty eight, gave him my business card, and he was like, "Dude, I was about to call you." So. I connected with him. Now we do his vehicles every once in a while. He sold the the Lamborghini Huracan. He's getting a Ferrari Pista, but it's it's being trusted with that type of vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you almost have to tr- like I had up insurance. Oh yeah. When we started working on that kind of stuff, because like if anything were to <laughs> go wrong, yeah. which is not very likely, but um, I don't want to be. That's a lot of money for sure. <laughs> like yeah. you know, yeah. but. The cool thing is most of the customers that own cars like that, super down to earth people, you would never know that they are well, well off. I but love people like that or you would never yeah, guess. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, and there's some customers that don't let you post anything, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Um, business is business, right? At the end of the it day. Really it really is. Yeah. And, you know, hi, trying to not have those assets attached to you, I understand it. I get it. Yep. Like you don't want people when you that's your private business yeah when you act so humble and you would never know that you would have that kind of thing like i get that yeah some people just don't want to draw additional attention to themselves even though they've got a super nice car yeah yeah (laughs) have you uh detailed a car done any work on a car for yeah like a a big time celebrity or uh no not yet that is not yet no actually um well, we're trying to get Joe Mixon on here. Uh, I know he's got a Lambo. So. No, I don't. I got you're your speaking boy. Speaking it into existence. <laughs> hey, it's going to happen. Joe, I got your guy. Yeah. Who's who? Joe Mixon. Running oh, back yeah, he's the got the Urus. We've done a Urus. Yeah, he's got the one. Lamborghini. He's got a Trackhawk. He's got a Trackhawk. Okay. Um, Tahoe. So, Joe. Dude, I think he's going to be like, why Why do you know what kind of cars I have? <laughs> he's <laughs> probably my parents' neighbor. researching him. At Joe Main Mixon. Don't, don't, don't be dropping too many details out there. We're just <laughs> no, talking right? about being you know, someone private. <laughs> I know, but I want Joe on it's the show. Just, well, I know. We're going to have him on. I'm just thinking, all, all I can think about when he talked about these cars is that I remember when I was like 19 and I went and spent like 99 bucks to drive a Ferrari around a parking lot <laughs> <laughs> and he gets to go to these people's houses. You, you can never really compete unless it's, well, I mean sports even. you're not. It's not a one-man team. But mm-hmm. you can't really compete against anyone else to make yourself better i feel like then you're just comparing period like point blank yeah um if you are knowledgeable enough and understand what you're doing you can always set a goal for yourself whether it's i mean we just went down to your basement there's weights so let's say your shoulder pressing 235s on or a 35 on each side how are you going to get to the 45 you know what i mean like you can set goals each day to achieve the end goal, mm-hmm. I think it's just a personal... I think it's the healthy way to do it, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, otherwise, you just get caught up in a web of, okay, well, now I competed against this person, and I'm, I'm quote-unquote better, but there's no facts that say you're better. Right. And then you try and find the next thing. Well, I think... So, it's... Yeah, it's... To your point, I mean, you can't... When you're, when you're competing against others, and again, in sports, it's a team thing. You could be playing tennis, right? You're competing against one, but... Yeah, yeah. But, you compete in a different aspect there. I, I like that. And my mind even goes to how would you like if you're let's say you're looking on you're on social media, right? And you're compare and you're competing with this other business that's posting a bunch of stuff. 
well how how was that competition like it's not it's not right neighbor right i mean i mean what analytics go behind that competition is it you can start going well is it followers is that is that our competition but then it, then then that's a that's one of those uh you know surface level things that really maybe doesn't hold a lot of weight right so it's yeah. like when you start comp- when you try trying to compete on that level and you're just you are i liked your answer you're just comparing yeah you're not competing you're not competing there's but if nothing you're, that you could factually say from a detailer in idaho versus somebody here that would definitively prove that you are better right Right. Because there's, there's so many variables, as you, you what's mentioned. The t- what's your market <laughs> right. no, look I like? like that I don't right. care if you're bringing in, let's say they're bringing in $400,000 in revenue and you're bringing in $500,000 in revenue. Okay, but you got five employees, they got two. Like, right, you don't know all the details. They're winning. You don't know all the you details. You know what I mean? Right. You don't know. You can't. Even if you do know all the details, there's way too many variables. Right. Just focus, focus on you and your business that, that, right at the that, end of the I, day. I, I, yeah, I just thought that compete was a, against yourself and set goals. Now like, you can learn from up. others, and that's how 100%. I like to use Instagram. And I'm not perfect. Yeah, I, sometimes I catch myself comparing, like, "Oh, I wish I had this." Everyone yada, yada. does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're human beings, but like the way that I use Instagram is, I, I try to use it as a source of inspiration. Like, oh, I like what this person is doing. Like, how can I incorporate some of the things that they're doing into yeah. my life? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not always easy, but uh, it's definitely cool to kind of have that mindset when using like Instagram or other social media platforms instead of saying like, Oh, I wish I had that. Well, how are you going to we'll like, figure it out? Exactly. I hate the, I hate the saying, um, must be nice. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Because like you see people like use that term when they, uh, on this episode of unscripted exchanges again, thanks Heath. Thank you. Heath. Thank you Hayden for being a, an awesome co-host. Jimmy, you still suck. Um, Jimmy, but, we love you. Your family. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> this close uh but we just want to say thank you for listening thanks for for engaging with us continue to to let us know what you want to hear does you want to be a part of the the show uh feedback comments and uh continue the journey with us we appreciate it we got a lot of good stuff in the works god bless thanks everyone thanks